Hi, everybody, and welcome to East Coast Office Hours, Fanbytes Friday Afternoon Podcast. I'm Merit Kay, and with me, as always, is the wonderful, <laughs> the inestimable, ah. the indefatigable <sighs> Danielle Riendo. Hi, and happy Friday the 13th. Happy Friday the 13th. It's a spooky one. It is. We're the getting weather, real we were just saying spooky. the weather is spooky. Yeah. Ugh. Um, I like spooky things, but not this weather. This weather's bad. Bad, bad, You bad. know what? I don't hate it. I don't no? hate it. It reflects the darkness within my soul. <laughs> and um, yeah. I kind of appreciate that. Um, Wait, have you become a vampire in the last week? Oh, a vampire? A vampire? <laughs> a vampire. Um, no, I'm not a member of the undead curse to walk this earth for an eternity quite yet. Mm. Okay. But we'll get there. Uh, either that or the mermaid thing yeah right right um one or the other because the ocean's also very dark so it's sort of mermaids are kind of gothic as well yeah if you go deep enough it's like an eternal night down there yeah so either way it's it's good now uh this is kind of fun because we are i would say two of uh, along with producer Jordan Mallory, <laughs> the only members of Fanbyte staff that aren't upgrading to next generation consoles this week. Yep. So I thought we could maybe talk about, you know, we could talk about maybe like why we're waiting. Um, and we have, I will say, the luxury of waiting because our our wonderful coworkers are on that hustle for us and they're covering yeah. some of that stuff for us. But, um, and we could maybe also talk about the stuff that we're playing and doing that isn't next generation gaming because, yeah. uh, there's so much other stuff to do and, and play still. And you know what, if you couldn't, or you're not getting a PlayStation five or an Xbox 10, uh, that's fine. That's okay. You know what? they're not going to be good for a while anyway. I played yeah, one of the, the new thing. games. I played it on the, the PC, thing. but it's one of the few PS4 launch games and it was bad. It was a bad game. Uh, Which game so, again? Sorry. That game was called Godfall. Oh, um, right, right, right. Yeah, it's just yeah. like a repetitive, boring, grindy, you stab things and they fall over and then they explode into like a shower of loot. And I <laughs> like stuff like that. And so the fact that I didn't like it, I think is... A bad sign. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like, you know, if you could have a new console right now, if you if you were able to purchase one right now, would you? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, me neither, I, I don't think. I just don't, um, like, okay, once upon a time, I've, I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but, like, the last time I actually had fun at a console launch was the GameCube, and it was because there was uh -huh. a whole game about it where, like, my mom had myself and my girlfriend at the time in one car, in one Toys R Us in Massachusetts, yes. and, like, we were we were in two different states, you know, we live near the border, so it's not like that's actually that big of a deal, and, like, we kind of had fun with it, and then I had to forget about it and pretend I was surprised on Christmas Day, which was also yes. very cute. Like, there was a fun game about it, and there were at least games I wanted to play on that system. There's... The only thing that actually looks kind of cool to me is the cute little Astro Man's Playroom. Astro's Astro Playroom? Man's Playroom. 
<laughs> that looks cute. That's like a cute little platformer that is basically, you know, showing off the system and how cool the controller is. And like, don't get me wrong. I'm not really much of a PC gamer either. So I'm probably going to grab one of these um, in a couple of months. But really, the first thing I'm actually excited about is, of course, because I'm an arcane nerd, is Deathloop, which is May 21st now, I think, is the launch date for that. So I've got plenty of time before the first thing I actually care about comes out. And I think that's PC and PlayStation 5. So I'll probably grab one of those. Otherwise, I'm having a good time with my current generation <laughs> consoles and the, you know, the smaller games that I do play on my Mac, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. That's cool. And the, and my switch, like I've got the perfect console right here. Cause I can take it into my little bed and mm. I can put it on my TV and it's perfect. And I don't know why anybody would want anything. That's not that thing. Other than the fact, of course, that not every game comes to it, which is still a problem for me. So, yeah. Yeah, they should just put everything on that box. I wish they would, honestly. I I don't know if it's just because I've been in this industry for a while or I've covered launches before and, like, reviewed a lot of launch games before. I reviewed, like, eight launch games in the last, like, in 2013. Um, I'm just so jaded and just, I don't know. It's just not exciting for me to buy new technology, basically, ever. Mm. Um, and I'm just one of those people that I love the content. I love interesting and cool games but i'm just a i'm just not the right kind of nerd i'm like seven other types of nerd but i'm just not into the new box stuff i guess uh, which i think that's is fair fine. i think yeah. that's fair how about I you mean, yeah, yeah i if i were able to purchase one i i don't think i would um yeah because i did get pc pilled uh right right so um <laughs> i uh yeah, I uh I'm just a PC uh PC gamer now. Yeah. And um most of the games that are coming out on these new consoles, I mean the Xbox like I think everything that's coming out on that is coming out on PC as well. Um the few games that I'm interested in on the the PS5 like Bug Snacks, I'm going to play that on PC. And yeah, I kind of do want to play. PS4. I kind of do want to <laughs> play the Spider-Man game, but like I could just hook up my PS4 and play that on there, right? Yeah, I think so. That one's on the PS4 as well, right? Yeah. Most of the launch games are. Now, I, I I could also be wrong because I'm just not a Spider-Man person. Mm -hmm. um, but I understand that being like a draw for sure for a lot of folks. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that looks cool as hell. I love Miles. Um, Miles I is love good. I loved yeah. those old Spider-Man games. I played a lot of Spider-Man 2 on the uh, oh. the GameCube. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, but then I would have to hook up my PS4. I need, what I need is like a better setup because I play games on my PC in my room now, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do have a TV like in our living room and stuff, but it's like not a great setup. Yeah. Um, we haven't really finished setting up the living room from when we moved in. So I have my Sega Saturn in there now. Yeah. I used it. Uh, used it a few times, and then I, I had my um, Turbo Graphics Mini in there as well. Yeah. Um, I think I just need to find a way to set those all up with my monitor in my bedroom because I've gotten used to playing games sitting in a chair rather than yeah. sitting on a couch. I never thought that I would, but right. I, it's it's <laughs> happened. It's happened. 
Um, and I haven't had my PS4 set up since I got a PC like a year ago. Oh, wow. And uh, I just don't have anywhere. I need like switchers. I need all this stuff. I need to figure it out. And um, I haven't done yeah. that yet. Yeah. So I've actually weirdly, it was our 24 hour stream. That's that's when I changed everything to being in my bedroom slash office, mm. which isn't the best combo. Like I realize in my home yeah. setup, I have like a nice living room area. I also have a room that's entirely a gym. And then I have my bedroom slash office slash where my treadmill is. And it doesn't make much sense, but I couldn't move the treadmill. So that one just has to stay there. Um, And like the desk, this is the quietest room in the house. So this is where I need to do podcasts. Anyway, it's fine. Um, (laughs) But I, I did the same thing. Like I'm now used to playing games in a chair and I actually got like a big girl chair, which is nice because I only Mm. had like a piece of shit chair before. So I've upgraded aspects of my setup. Um, But yeah, like, God, I don't know. And like, Frankly, our coworkers are in pain right now. Like I watching know. them be in pain over like I, you know, refreshing the tabs of Best refreshing Buy, and the Walmart. AutoZone website to try to get yeah, a PS5 at AutoZone. <laughs> like all this shit. Like they're in agony, and I just want to pat them on the back and say, I care about you and your feelings, and thank you for doing this. But also, this looks like it hurts. I'm so sorry. You know, I just, it's, and also I'm in a very extra, extra privileged position where I don't, I don't have to, I mean, I do coverage, obviously, because I like doing coverage, but it's not like a mandate that I do coverage. I could just sit here and armchair general the whole thing if I wanted to. Mm. And I don't, but like, I could. So I'm, I'm really just, I, I am a blessed woman who does not need to do these things with new consoles I mean, if I don't want to. <laughs> really, none of this would be a problem if they had just sent us the boxes. Yeah, that would have been nice. If they just sent us the boxes. Um, yeah. I don't know if people are aware of this, but they didn't send us any of the boxes. We did not get boxes so from the companies. That's yeah. why uh, John and Steven and Nikki, Dylan and Colin, they're all, they've all they're been, hurting. you know, wrestling and uh, trying to get their hands on one of those new boxes because they didn't send them to us. And that's because they're afraid of how real we are. Um, They're afraid of the truth that we spit into the (laughs) mic that is our website. Um, And they're like, we can't let them get their hands on these. They're going to just throw them in the garbage. And um, they're probably worried we're going to use it to like, I don't know. That will find vape. new ways to get high yeah, from the boxes. Yeah, with the Xbox. <laughs> like, it's not just for charging your vape. It just is a vape. You know, like, that's I mean, that's yeah, we'll you can vape into the Xbox, and then it shoots the clouds at the top. Right. Probably you shouldn't do that, but <laughs> it does look cool. There's no denying that it looks extremely cool. Especially if you have, like, the right lighting set up to make it be, like, funky, colorful smoke. Like, that, you know? Or why not not smoke, whatever. Funky, colorful vapor clouds. How do you I make mean, colorful vapor clouds? Well, you just, you you have the light angled at such a way, at such a color, right? Mm. You can kind of make it look, I mean, it's not like you're coloring the vape itself. It's the, I know, see the lighting effect, as it were. But look, with, you know, with our combined film knowledge and lighting knowledge and combined vaping knowledge, 
I mean, I'm I'm not much of a vapor. We can make it happen. We can make it happen. <laughs> and that's what they're afraid of. They're afraid that we would tell the real truth and tell people how to really use their consoles. Because again, like a lot of the games are not necessarily uh, games you need this box to play. So I'm just saying, you know. I also, I don't know. I don't know. Am I, I'm worried that I'm supposed to feel excited for console launches and that I don't. And I'm worried that it says something bad about my soul, that my soul has rotted away, perhaps. Uh, I don't it, think that know. that's what that means. <laughs> I don't think okay, that good. that's actually the conclusion <laughs> that you should draw. <laughs> okay, good. You know what? That was comforting. It's comforting. I'm glad. I'm glad I have validation here. I'm glad our Friday podcast is a positive place for, uh, you know, comfort uh, and also great ideas about lighting uh, and vapes. So um, actually, one thing that I I just wanted to highlight, we're not in the sharing the work section yet, but I just did want to say in this moment that Stephen, our uh, managing editor, Stephen, did write a really cute piece about you know, alternative activities to do instead of playing next year. Yeah, games. yeah, that was and fun. It was very cute because they described uh, a lot of things about their cats, uh, and I thought that was very cute. There was a cute cat picture. Uh, you know, there were a lot of, like, nice little moments in there. So I, I really appreciate that Stephen was able to, you know, uh, sort of bring their frustration to a, a uh, comical place, uh, which made me happy. Uh, they are wonderful, and I'm glad that they did that. Well, aside from new consoles, which seems to be a thing a lot of people are speaking about this week. Many people can are Can we have a Cronenberg moment? Let's have a Cronenberg moment. Cronenberg news. This just in, David Cronenberg. Uh, <laughs> hey, David Cronenberg's on the tape. Um, oh my God, Cr- David. <laughs> Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, David Cronenberg's in Star Trek. I'm so David, <laughs> you can't just do Star Trek. But he can. He can. Like, he, he can kind of do anything, he right? He did do it. He can do whatever he wants. He's earned it. Yeah. Um, it, he he's so power. He's become so powerful in his old age. He's just sort of like matured, like a fine wine. David Cronenberg has just sort of um, become more and more delicious as he's gotten older. Yes. Uh, he can do anything. He is a he's in the newest episode of Star Trek Discovery, which I yeah. learned thanks to our latest review of that series by Dylan Roth. Uh, that's sort of how I'm experiencing Star Trek Discovery because I never watched the first two seasons. But now that Dylan's reviewing them for us, mm. I get to sort of just like read a summary of it and yeah. sort of hear about what's happening without actually watching it. Um, and David Cronenberg makes an appearance as a Starfleet officer who confronts Giorgio, who is, as I understand it, now, did you see the first two seasons of Discovery? So I've seen the first season of Discovery and I'm working my way back through it because that was whatever, three years ago. And I'm okay. currently, uh, yeah, I finally got up to date with all the treks until right. Discovery. And now I am going through again. So I'm not up to date on Discovery, but I am definitely like in it right now. Do you so, mind? 
I do not mind. I I feel like I learn most of the things. Okay. Like by osmosis. (laughs) Giorgio is a member of the Discovery crew in season one and at some point dies. And then is this Philippa? Philippa. Philippa? And then they go to the mirror universe where she is the emperor of the Terran Empire. Right, right. And then she comes back with them. So in Star Trek, for people who don't know, the in the mirror universe, everything is backwards, kind of. It's like Bizarro Superman. Like the Federation is called the Terran Empire and they're like incredibly evil. Um they like rule over like the Klingons and Vulcans. They're pretty racist. They're super racist. Um and uh Philippa, Giorgio, it, oh yeah, everyone has facial hair. It's really great. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, Giorgio is the emperor of the Terran Empire and then comes back <laughs> with them and basically like assumes the identity of her prime universe self. And uh, Kind of like the, the first captain did in the first season. Yeah. Yes. And uh, in this newest episode, David Cronenberg is a Starfleet officer who's like interrogating her. Um, because oh God. at the end of season two, they go forward a thousand years in the future, and now they're in the far future, and uh, they finally made it back to, to Starfleet, and they're, like, getting debriefed and stuff. And uh, it sounds cool. Uh, I do hope, like, from what Dylan was saying, like, there's not a ton of, like, exploration of, like, how Starfleet is different now. Mm-hmm. Um and I would really like them to just get really wild with it because it's been like, yeah. it's like a thousand years in the future of Star Trek. You can do whatever you want. Uh, don't just make it the same. But David Cronenberg right. is there and he's wearing a suit and he looks very cool. So God, yeah. Um, maybe I'll just watch that one. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I like Discovery, but I also like at least something about every Star Trek. So I am the sunshine out of my ass Star Trek person mm. for sure. Um which I realize and respect that I don't think that's true for most people and probably shouldn't be. Uh, but I also just have to say, I love that he's like leaning into acting a little bit more because he's mm. also going to be on a Shutter series um, that I, I really? showed that headline somewhere. Let me let me like bring it back up. But uh, yeah, Shutter, you know, sends emails for, let's see, for immediate release, David Cronenberg will star in Slasher, Flesh and Blood for Shudder. It's a new season of the hit anthology series, and it's now in production. So next year, it sounds like mm. uh, it'll be, yes, yeah, so it'll be streaming, uh, of course, on Shudder next year. Uh, so he's going to be like a, a, I'm not sure if he's a main character or like a recurring character, but he's going to be in uh, like a lot of it, basically, which makes cool. me so happy just that he's leaning back into this. It's almost like he's made so many incredible movies that I love so much, and now he's like, having fun and playing a little bit more. I do yeah. want him to also make movies, but his son is also making movies. So like, I'm just loving how much Cronenberg there is in the air right now. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's great. And I feel like right, it was like right after we watched Nightbreed that we, yeah. we got all of this great news about how he's just in Star Trek and doing these other things now. And obviously those were in the making. We, we didn't bring that into being. <laughs> Right. It feels that way a little bit. I think that if we're having, you know, a really uh, wild and rough year and we live in rough times, like we get to also believe that that really cool shit that should be impossible is possible. Mm. So therefore, 
us being into Nightbreed equals we get more Cronenberg in the future and in the present. So I like it. Yeah, that's the secret. Yeah. That's it's you what love the to see is, it. Is you watch <laughs> uh, Nightbreed and then David Cronenberg is in more stuff. Yeah, exactly. I've always exactly. said that. That's He's on my vision board. <laughs> uh, yeah, we love him. We, we wish him the best. We love to see him, you know? We really do. We love to see him. <laughs> it makes me happy. Cronenberg stuff just makes me happy. What a delight. What a delightful Cronenberg moment for us to share. What a wonderful um, Cronenberg. Yeah. I I had, um, I wanted to like ask uh, something that's not related to this, but related to like things we used to talk about a lot on this, yes. uh, on this podcast. So... I had, like, a really powerful shower thought last night. Um, Go on. And it concerned why the fuck proms, especially in movies, but I think also in real life. I think this is an art imitates life, imitates art thing. Okay. Why do they have an undersea theme? Now, I I know we've talked a lot about under the ocean stuff, about Echo the Dolphin, about sea creatures and sea life. So it felt like something I just wanted to bring up on this podcast. And... I guess I wanted to know if you have any idea why and if this was, as I posited, either something that's been in the culture much longer or this is like 80s movies about teens' faults and that some production designer somewhere just had like Hmm. a mermaid thing or something and that's why. So obviously the big one that that comes to my mind immediately is Back to the Future. Yeah. When they have the enchantment under the sea dance. Now, can you think of other examples? I feel like I, I'm having a hard time thinking of very specific examples, but that it's always like on the the prom, like vote for a theme. Like I think it was in my high school, like a theme that people could now, do. Now, is and it's, it possible it, that this is that Back to the Future was Patient Zero, and that this is sort of just like, or or because Back to the Future that that part said 1955, so it was just like a right. thing that people were doing in the 50s, like everyone was hopped up on like Jacques Cousteau and like yeah we love the ocean. Like, we hadn't so... yet decided that we hate the ocean and we're going to throw all our garbage into it. I like that was in honestly, the 70s. Honestly, like I'm so I'm so confused because I really wish there was a good way of figuring this out. I'm now, looking I'm looking trying to look this up and I can't find anything. All I'm getting are Pinterests about Yeah, same. Lots about, of Pinterests uh, about the prom. I had asked my Twitter this because that's the way that I use Twitter. I promote the stuff that's on Fanbyte and I ask really stupid questions. Yeah. And like a lot of people are like, "Well, it's possible that it's like just easy to decorate for." That, like, Wait, it's, just it's really easy to make bubbles, right? It's really easy to make the kinds of shapes that go with this. Okay. Um, and, like, it's colorful, I guess. But also, like, I just don't, I okay, just don't understand. Five top theme ideas for the perfect prom. Prom invitations, prom banners, prom tickets, and more. Okay, this site's really going for the SEO. Masquerade oh, yeah. ball? No one has ever done that. That's insane. You're gonna for put a prom? In a room for prom? <laughs> With fucking eyes wide shut ass masks? No. No one's ever done that. Don't do that. That's a bad idea. Hollywood. Okay. I guess that's Hollywood guess. could be under better, the sea. Yeah. Okay. I guess. That, that's 
under the sea again. We're we're under the sea. Um, use creepy paper. Uh, I mean, creepy paper. Uh, Great Gatsby. Okay, that's. I feel like that's that, an that's established theme. Warfare. <laughs> it's class warfare, <laughs> like, but like <laughs> Roaring Twenties is just like that's like a sure. theme. Maybe not so sure. much anymore, but like. And then what's the last one on here? Starry Night. Yeah, that one's always another one. Starry Night. Like, I guess just having stars everywhere. Like you're under the stars. Like it's outside, I mean, but proms aren't you're usually always, outside. You're always under the stars. Yeah, always. You're never not. Your I'm whole life, the you're universe. under the stars. Yeah. Underwater Paradise is themed for WWCHS prom set April 16th. Wow. I feel like I want to talk to like, a cultural anthropologist about this and yeah like, prom what studies the fuck <laughs> prom studies exactly like what the fuck i mean about like the common themes as well as just why does this happen why I've, why prom? i feel like back to the future is like it didn't probably invent it but like it definitely popularized or like contributed yeah. to this i mean that's one of the most popular movies of the entire 80s um, That's true. So anything that happened in it, you know. Oh, my God. I've just been reminded of the Back to the Future novelization. Oh, my God. Because if you on the Back to the Future uh, Wikipedia, which is called Futurepedia, there is a page <laughs> for Enchantment Under the Sea. And um, Oh, my God. Uh, also, I don't know if you can hear those noises, but um, can you hear that? Yeah, a little bit. I hear some okay, noise. Yeah. Is, is that like... The, Under those the, are the sea pipes. pipes? Uh, those are the <laughs> pipes in my room. Uh, I do live under the sea, and those pipes are transporting precious oxygen That's incredible. to me. Um, but yeah, there's a quote from the novel, which is, if you've never read, I think Ryan North was the one who did it. He like went through the entire Back to the Future novelization, oh and uh, it's just completely deranged. Uh, I think there was a Tumblr that he did it on. I don't know if it still exists, but um, it just makes stuff up. It's uh, it's like they just add scenes. They just change things. It's just very strange. God. God, incredible. That's a... <laughs> uh, oh, it's uh, the Tumblr is a B to the F. Um, okay. B to the B to the F, which is yeah Ryan North of uh, Dinosaur Comics and all his other cool stuff. Um, yeah, went through the whole uh, the whole novelization. That's I'm like, I'm amazed by this completely website. deranged. Yeah, like this is a delight. I love the like all caps treatment and the just incredible, just wow. So much. What a movie. It's a movie that I always kind of knew was like a big classic. And mm. it was always fine. I always enjoyed it. But I never understood why people like lost their minds over it, I guess. I don't know. I, I like Doc. I like Doc. He's great. Uh, but not really anybody else in that movie. They're just, Marty's fine, but he's not like that interesting. Mm. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's been okay. a long time since I've seen it, and I've never actually seen two or three. Okay. Uh, so, 
yeah, people like someday. them a lot, and I'm always yeah, kind of like, they're yeah, they're fine. They're classics. I like how he <laughs> does a, a a deal with terrorists or something to get plutonium. I forget. Oh, is that in the second one? Because Biff does that. Because Biff gets no, rich because of the. It's sports in the first book. one. It's in the first one. How? Where does he get? He needs plutonium to make the cargo fast. Right, right, right. Um, for the flux capacitor, and then yeah, is he, it's like they get into like a gunfight with like Libyans or something. It, it's been oh a long God, time. That might since actually I've seen happen. That movie. Yeah. Um, turns out, trying to buy plutonium is uh, a dicey business. <laughs> Yeah, fair. That's uh, that's fair. I I don't remember that part all that well myself. So yeah, I don't know. Oh, uh, Libyan nationalists shoot Doc Brown for not building a bomb for them in exchange for plutonium to power his time machine. Says Jordo. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, that does happen. I oh, I just remember- wait. Do they kill him? And then that's why Marty has to go back in time. To save Doc Brown? Did I make that up? He does in the third one, I think. The third one is the one with the train, and it's uh, in the Wild West, and yeah. Wow, my memory of these movies. He gets shot, but then he he does the old, uh, oh, I have a plate in my... uh, Oh, right, 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 yeah. Um, yep, the bulletproof vest, time travel, because he knows it now, and then he prepares for it. One of those dealios. Stupid. A very Star Trekian stupid thing. Yeah. Yeah, back to the future. It's fine. The The ride was fun at Universal in the 90s. So, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Well, speaking of 2020 and not the 90s uh, anymore, uh, do you want to talk about some cool things that went up on the site this week that you worked on? Yeah, let's talk about cool stuff. I love cool stuff. Um, <laughs> God, we had a bunch of cool stuff this week. Um, yeah. Trying to, hard to choose, hard to choose. Um, I mean, you can have more than one. I could have more than one. I could just talk about everything, but I won't. Um, <laughs> as always, just like read our stuff. It's really good. We um, uh had a piece go up by Moira Hicks, who is a longtime contributor to the site, who hadn't, uh, has, it had been a while since uh, since she had uh, written anything for us, but uh, this is a piece about Destiel, which, yeah. uh, wow, where do I even start? Um, Destiel is a ship in Supernatural between Dean and Castiel, the angel, and aside from shipping, just like the main ship in Supernatural for a long time was just the brothers. And that seems weird and like icky to people at first sight and like, sure, yeah. But also they were basically the only characters who had any characterization on the show. So like, Mm. of course that is what would happen. Um, And the show even like acknowledged that people did that a few times, um, which is kind of funny. But uh then uh, Castiel comes in and he's this angel and there's this big ship like Dean and Castiel. And uh, they didn't like 
basically the piece is saying like it was in the DNA of the show that like it could not acknowledge this. And it sort of did like they sort of did um, like last week when uh, Castiel's like tells Dean that he loves him. And then instead of saying like, oh, I love you too, or something like that, Dean just says like, don't do this. And then Castiel is immediately sent to ultra hell, which is a special second hell that you can go to. Um, And then there is all this stuff around the piece doesn't get into this, but there's all this stuff around Putin resigning that people found out about Putin resigning through the news (laughs) that Dustiel was uh, happening. Um, But basically the piece is just like this show strung people along for like over a decade on this stuff and was just like, it's idea of what love is, is this really poisonous thing of just like, um, dedication in a way that mirrors what it asked of the fans without ever reciprocating. And uh, I thought that was like a really insightful piece about this phenomenon that is uh, like Supernatural was like one of the first like modern fandom shows. Um, Obviously Star Trek was one of the first big ones back in the day, but Supernatural Doctor Who and uh, Sherlock are sort of like the big three super hulak of the Tumblr era of the 2010s when uh, fandom really exploded into like what it is today around like Marvel stuff and and other things like that. And so it's really interesting because I think those same dynamics have come up in other media as well. So I would say just check out the whole piece. Um, Moira Hicks. uh, It's very cool. And, um, yeah, I, I definitely yeah. learned something. I sort of know a little bit about Supernatural. I've seen, like, maybe a couple of episodes. And I've, just from being online, from being on Tumblr in the 2010s, I did um, learn a fair amount about it, too. But, uh, sure. yeah, I learned uh, a bunch from this piece as well. So check it out. That's extremely cool. I, I did uh, read it. I read it and tweeted it. Read it and tweet it. You know, it's one of those um, <laughs> moments in my life. Uh, it was really cool. I had never actually, I never knew anything about the show. I just knew that, like, I, for some reason, missed a lot of these series. Like, mm. and I'm a big dork, right? And, like, I loved Star Trek enough to, I'll admit, read a lot of fan fiction and so on and so forth. So, like, I don't know why I missed things like this. I wasn't like too old at the time. I was in probably in college. Like that's fairly normal <laughs> for a fan age, I think. So it was cool to see that. It was really cool to read a bunch of that. For myself, I'll pick two quick things. I really, really, really had fun on You Love to See It this week with Natalie Flores. We really had a lot of fun talking about The Haunting of Bly Manor, which is a very mm. queer, very... Um, it's, it's a melodrama that has ghosts in it. It's really not like a horror first <laughs> kind of series. It's like melodramatic about romance, about love and possession and all this this kind of stuff. Um, but we had a lot of fun talking about it. So that's, you love to see it. Folks can, of course, listen to that in the You Love to See It podcast feed. Nice. Um, and yeah, I just, just had a really great time. would love to have uh, Natalie on more movie and TV pods because she's great and it was a lot of fun. And I also edited a piece just today, actually, about um, 
women's football leagues, which mm. was really cool. It was really cool to read. Of course, Natalie Weiner, uh, who is uh, one of our principal sports reporters, just is doing awesome work finding like some lesser known leagues and, you know, focusing very much on like uh, women's sports and things like that. And this was one of those today. And it turns out women have been playing football in America for an extremely long time. There have been leagues since the 60s. Wow. Uh, and now there are about six leagues that are all kind of primed to um, become a little bit more mainstream and have like much more like TV broadcasts and things like that. But there's just this cultural indoctrination about football, like football, American football being thought of as such a like male sport that like only dudes play. And, you know, there aren't really, I don't know if there are any, uh, but even if there are, there aren't many high school and college teams, which is normally, you know, the athletic pipeline. If you're going to be a professional athlete, you play that sport your whole childhood and then you right, get serious yeah. about it in high school and then you play it in college and then you play it professionally if you're really good. Uh, that's what exists for basketball and, and, you know, other things. But the women here all just kind of play on their own and figure it out and then get to a high level and play at this, like, very, very, very high level and love it and take the sport seriously, whether or not, you know, spectators do. So mm -hmm. really cool piece about that and about sort of the mechanics of making a league for a sport that's not popular for one gender. So, yeah, pretty cool piece. Pretty cool piece. Cool. It's up on fanbite.com. The website we work at. <laughs> well, are there any other things we wanted to discuss before uh, closing up office hours for business? Um, gosh. I think that's like most of it. Um, yeah. Covered a lot of ground today. Covered a lot of like. ground. <laughs> covered Cronenberg. Covered that's the main thing I always want to cover david cronenberg yeah we gotta check that box you know this is an important we do. that's our our <laughs> most popular recurring segment cronenberg watch <laughs> i'm uh, proud of it you know i'm really proud that we do that we provide that service for the people <laughs> it's, it's good absolutely someone's got to you know somebody's got to and we'll be watching him in so many things soon so it's great yeah. <laughs> all well, right well everyone then, yeah. oh yeah um, I sorry. I had another moment of like just wishing Cronenberg would join like a Star Trek cast as well as this Shutter series cast, and that we would just see him like he would be like a Guinan or something. You know, like every every like ten episodes, there's like oh oh, it's David. Like he's, he's investigating like the weird something. Librarian or something that they go and talk to, and he's just like, yeah. Well, it seems to me that the Nightbreeder. <laughs> yeah. I love that idea. Like, maybe he can just work in the engine room and he's just mm. like, oh, no, I'm it's quite sure these. what he does. <laughs> yeah, he has one of those jobs. It's like, yeah, he, he he's here. I don't know why, but he he's here all the time. He does something. <laughs> and it is clearly very important because the episode where he gets captured, everything starts going wrong. But no one's quite sure, like, what it is that he does. He provides a kind of presence that holds the yeah. ship together. Yeah, a kind of molecular cohesion, you you might say, uh, mm. to the crew and to the structure of the spaceship itself. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he is the warp drive. Like that's what he is. He's he's there. He like just shifts and, and cycles. Yeah. Ah, uh, 
What an icon. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to our Cronenberg Minute and our Cronenberg Minute Part 2 and all of uh, the delights that we brought for you here today on Office Hours. Uh, We're about ready to close up for business uh, for the week, but if you don't mind and you do have a minute, uh, if you could just go ahead and rate and review our podcast or tell other folks about it because word of mouth is how we live Uh, It makes us happy, and it makes our hearts sing. You can listen to all of our good shows at fanbyte.com slash podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Fanbyte Media, on Instagram at Fanbyte, TikTok on Fanbyte, and of course, on fanbyte.com. There is a new TikTok video. It is about Nightbreed, just in case you are a Cronenberg fan. Uh, And you can watch all of our streams, of course, on twitch.tv slash fanbyte. Thank you, as always, to Jordan Mallory for producing this show. Jordan, thank you for producing. Thank you for fact-checking. Thank you for helping us where we forgot uh, some details about (laughs) Back to the Future uh, and all of the things that you do. Thank you. Uh, Merit, where can people find you online? I am at Merit K on Twitter. Awesome. And I am at Danielle R.I. on Twitter. If you don't know, now you know. Thank you all for listening. And with that, office hours are closed for business. (laughs) 